0: Hey there, it's the NPR Politics Podcast. I'm Scott Detrow, campaign reporter. And we've got a quick episode for you today with some of the results of Tuesday night's voting in Arizona, Idaho, and Utah. You hear myself, along with political editor Domenico Montanaro, we didn't know everything at the time we recorded this around midnight, but we had enough to give you some key takeaways, particularly on Arizona, the biggest prize of the night, where Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump both won. Of course, it's been a busy news week already with the president's trip to Cuba and the terrorist attacks in Brussels. We'll talk more about those events in a roundup at the end of the week. Okay, here's Domenico and me, Tuesday night. So, Domenico, we're here in the studio after midnight.
1: What do we know at this point in time? That's where all the excitement happens (laughs) after midnight here in the podcast studio. Uh, well, what we know is that it was a big night for the front runners, the clear frontrunners. Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump both won Arizona. And that's a pretty big deal and a blow to the Bernie Sanders campaign on the Democratic side because the Sanders campaign had put Bernie Sanders into Arizona the night of March 15th, mm-hmm. that Tuesday night, to say, look, the next six weeks are going to be big for Bernie Sanders. It's going to be a win streak, and that—that's where the potential winning streak could start. Now, on the uh, with Idaho, you expect Bernie Sanders to do pretty well. We still don't have the results there just yet. And in Utah, we are wrapping up, like we said, a little past midnight. The Utah caucuses not in yet. Bernie Sanders campaigned in Utah this week. widely expected to score a win there in those caucuses. The delegate hall there is just 33. But even if Sanders
0: does well in those two states, and even if he does well in Washington State this weekend, it's still tough for the Sanders campaign that he lost Arizona, because as we've been talking about on this podcast for a while now, in order to catch Hillary Clinton and delegates, Bernie Sanders needs to win, what is it, about
1: 60%? Of, yeah. of each state? Roughly. Well, fifty eight now. Uh, and you know, hashtag Because Math, I guess. You know, and this is the difficult part of this. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you the the Sanders campaign complained that a lot of the early states were front loaded in places that favored Hillary Clinton because of black voters in the South and She did overwhelmingly well with them. They thought that this stretch here would be something that would be good for them and that they could win overwhelmingly. However, March 15th may wind up being the turning point in this race because losing those five states, he wound up falling from 53, 54% of the remaining delegates needed to 58%. It's a lot harder to win 58% or 59% of something than it is 53% of something. Right. Right. And on the Republican side, shifting there, uh, the thing to watch for
0: in Utah, and again, as we talk, we don't know. So if you're listening to this podcast in the morning, congratulations. You know way more about the Utah results than us. But here's what you should look for. The big question is whether Ted Cruz breaks 50% in Utah. He's been doing very well there. He's been campaigning there a lot. But it's important whether or not he breaks 50%, because if he gets over 50%, he gets every single delegate in Utah. You got it. If he's under 50%, he gets the most, but Donald Trump and John Kasich may get some as well. And this is important Because it's a mad, clawing scramble to 1,237.
1: And again, hashtag because math, right? It's the same kind of thing. Hashtag because complicated party rules. (laughs) Well, we get that's a different (laughs) podcast altogether. Uh, But yes, I mean, the fact is, though, Donald Trump will wind up with the most delegates out of tonight, uh, regardless of what happens in Utah, uh, because he got 58 delegates, winner take all out of Arizona, 40 in Utah. They're not all winner take all unless like you said, somebody gets above 50%. Donald Trump really hurt himself going to Utah and making fun of Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney is the most popular Republican politician, maybe the most popular politician in the state. If there's one place, Mitt Romney, uh, that you don't want to diss Mitt Romney, (laughs) it's in Utah.
0: Right. Very, very popular person there. Long family ties there. Almost single-handedly saved the 2002 Salt Lake City Olympics. And he's He's an elder in the in the Mormon church, which is, of course, based in Salt Lake City. So nice. probably not the person you want to go <laughs> insult on the campaign trail when you're trying to win votes in Utah. Nope. <laughs> so when you're listening, we'll know who won Utah. Domenico, you and I will wake up tomorrow and uh, and analyze those returns. And we're going to have a lot of time to figure out what that means and what comes next. Because we've had more than half the states vote, but we're kind of at a halftime period in the Republican primary because it's going to be a couple weeks until... The Republicans compete against each other.
1: We are. Things have settled down quite a bit. Uh, You've got Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton have tonight solidified their leads as the clear front runners in the race.
0: But of course, this is not the only thing that happened in the world today. A lot of major news happened. And the big story today was terror attacks in Brussels, which left more than 30 people dead, hundreds more wounded, Presidential candidates on both sides responded to the violence. Some used it as an opportunity to criticize President Obama's national security policies and advocate for more aggressive action. Here's Ted Cruz on Fox this morning. This is not an isolated incident. This is not a lone wolf. This is a war with radical Islamic terrorism. ISIS has declared jihad on Europe and on the United States of America. Donald Trump also spoke to Fox earlier today. He said, quote, we have to be very vigilant as to who we allow into this country. This is just the beginning. It will get worse and worse because we are lax and we are foolish. We are foolish. We can't allow these people. At this point, we cannot allow these people to come into Why? the country. At a press conference in Minneapolis, John Kasich emphasized the need to work with other countries.
1: I would uh, make every effort I could to Uh, strengthen the NATO alliance, and to make sure that we have uh, strong cooperation uh, across all the parties who were involved in this war against radical Islam.
0: On MSNBC, Hillary Clinton warned against fear-mongering. I don't think we want to be inciting more fears. I don't think we want to be playing to people's uh, concerns so that we turn against one another. I think we have to have a slow, steady, smart, strong response. And Bernie Sanders spoke in Arizona. He said the international community needs to do more to defeat ISIS.
1: It is clear to me, and I think the entire civilized world, uh, that ISIS must be destroyed. Uh, We are making progress in Iraq. ISIS is losing uh, 20% of the territory it held last
0: year. But clearly, we have got to do more. Domenica, when ISIS attacked Paris in November, it really changed the dynamic of the presidential race.
1: Yeah, it certainly did. Uh, Donald Trump, for example, had started there. He was around 24, 25 percent when the Paris attacks happened. And interestingly, the day before the Paris attacks happened, November 13th, Donald Trump, for the first time that we could find, had uttered the uh, bomb, the expletive out of them. And that seemed to propel him even further because he had this appeal to the gut, what he calls common sense you know feeling about how to fight Isis and his numbers went up almost 50% by Christmas and it's a really kind of stunning thing that you were able to see that kind of uptick that quickly he's up even higher than that at this point as more candidates have gotten out of the republican race but but you
0: wrote about this on npr.org today and you made the argument that that we should not necessarily expect a similar thing to happen in the general election. If, of course, it's Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, which there's a long way to go to figure out if that's the case, but they're ahead right now. So looking at that scenario,
1: uh, quickly, what was the argument that you made? Because I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm always very cautious to say that Uh, anything that happens in a primary is going to mean what it means in a general election. We've seen that with turnout. Turnout does not necessarily mean that you're going to get uh, higher turnout in a general election. It doesn't necessarily mean that because you win Pennsylvania in a primary that you're going to win Pennsylvania in a general election. But what Is really important to understand is that Donald Trump being able to channel Republican fears, he's hoping and Republicans are hoping that terrorism continues to rise as a concern for Americans. But Hillary Clinton, if she's the nominee, and even if Bernie Sanders is the nominee, wants to make competence the argument. Mm -hmm. Hillary Clinton will try to say that she is to the right of Barack Obama and to the left of saber rattling Republican rhetoric. So
0: just to wrap, Domenico, Republicans are in action next on April 5th in Wisconsin, but the Democrats have some contests before then.
1: Yeah, Saturday, uh, there are three states, Alaska, Hawaii, and Washington state should be a very big day for Bernie Sanders. Their campaign has been doing some tracking polling in Washington state. They expect to be 60, 65 percent there. And Alaska and Hawaii should also line up well for him before they head to Wisconsin on Tuesday. And they think that that also should line up for Bernie Sanders pretty well. He's going to need a huge margin to be able to start to catch up to Hillary Clinton. They hope they can start doing that uh, on Saturday. Okay, well, that's a wrap for this episode. You can read up on everything that happened Tuesday
0: night at nprpolitics.org. You can also find us on Twitter and you can also email us feedback or questions about the show at nprpolitics at We'll see you in our weekly roundup Thursday evening. Until then, thanks for listening to the NPR Politics Podcast.